Welcome to another episode of the Milwaukee Sports Performance Podcast, where we talk about all things related to athletic performance, rehabilitation, and wellness. My name is Michael Falk, and I will be hosting today's episode, and I am joined by Amy Hopkins, who is a personal trainer and the owner of Anchor Fitness in Pewaukee. Amy and I talk a lot of things related to fitness, including her personal fitness journey, the event that she's training for right now, why she works with a personal trainer, her philosophy with clients, and some of the keys to long-term sustained fitness success. This is a really good conversation surrounding fitness and how you can incorporate it into your life. All right, everyone, welcome to another episode of the Milwaukee Sports Performance Podcast. My name is Michael Falk, and I'm joined today by Amy Hopkins, who's a personal trainer and the owner of Anchor Fitness in Pewaukee. So, Amy, thank you for the time and coming on today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, so I always like to start with just a little bit of background, um, maybe just on how you got started in fitness and got really passionate about this field. Yeah. So, um, oddly enough, my whole life I have been in a runner pretty much and so for me my fitness journey started really young as a cross-country and track um, athlete and I progressed into college and I'd only ever became a runner so personal training and lifting weights was completely foreign to me Um, and after I had my kids I realized that I needed more in my life that running just wasn't going to do it. Um, so I had met a couple awesome people in the industry, and one um, in particular who is now a really great friend of mine, and she opened up a company called, or a business called uh, Fit for Mom, and I joined her team. She said, I think you'd be good. I know you have zero background in this, but your personality is great, yeah. so that's what we need. Yeah. So, and you're a mom, so you got that part covered. Yeah, <laughs> so it worked. So, I mean, I was terrified to teach a class in front of a group of moms, but they're so forgiving and so kind. So I taught my first few classes and I was addicted. So I decided to go back and get my personal training certification to do nothing with it, but other have the knowledge yeah. really to know more about the body. And I trained a few people for fun and fell in love with it. So I was like, well, maybe this is my thing. So that's awesome. quit my job and was trying to figure out how I was going to do it full time. That's awesome. Yeah. How uh, and how did you like? How long ago again did you open Anchor, and how did kind of going out on your own and opening opening Anchor Fitness start? Yeah, so I opened Anchor Fitness right um, when the pandemic started to kind of lift. So pretty poor timing to get your hands on fitness equipment for yeah. sure. It was a challenge, um, but also. Um, so Anchor Fitness has been open for about two and a half years now. I'm going into my third year. Um, and it was kind of a struggle to open it. I was terrified. I was afraid of not making money. I wasn't afraid of failing. I was afraid of like being in the red yeah. and, and just making sure that it didn't affect our family, you know, making sure that this passion of mine that was becoming a career was not in the red, that I was enjoying it, that it wasn't a grind, that it was something that was filling my bucket. Um, I wasn't afraid of succeeding, but I was just more afraid of that kind of piece of it. But yes, it's been open for a couple of years and, um, it's been going great and 
I love it. Yeah, you yeah. have a great spot. Uh, it doesn't yeah. suck just looking out over the lake uh, while you're while you're working with clients all day. I'm sure. Yeah, I looked at a lot of places off of you know strip malls and kind of tucked into places, and this came up and. Um, the landlords have been great and the view was amazing and I, I wanted something that was boutique and I wanted something that was unique and so and yeah. I get a great view every day. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's uh that's excellent. So Yeah. Well no, this is really good. I'm excited to just kind of dive into some of uh your own fitness journey, some of your philosophy with clients, just a few other topics that um may be interesting to to our listeners. So just to start with, do you have like a kind of a broad overview of your training philosophy when you're working with people? Yeah. So for for starters, I, I tried to train the whole world when I first started. I just, I did. I thought I could train anyone and everyone. Um, anybody I could get my hands on felt like a learning opportunity. And I quickly realized that I really enjoyed training women only. Um, I understood their bodies better. I was able to connect with them emotionally, um, allow them to feel vulnerable and have those conversations that I feel like women can connect on. So I learned really quickly that women, moms, pre and postnatal body types were the ones that I enjoyed the most. So I start pretty much, I only train women and that's kind of my jam is, is motherhood. I've uh, taken nine women through uh, their pregnancies and postnatal, which has been a really fun learning experience, and everyone's so different. Um, so yeah, so that's that's kind of where my niche is, per yeah. se. My philosophy at Anchor Fitness is to create this environment where people come in, and they feel like it's a mental fitness game. So they come in, and they have the mental component where they're getting things off their chest for the day or they're talking about their setbacks or their goals, and we're able to really individualize and hone in for each person what they want. It's not just about how hard we're working out when we're there that hour. It's about what, they're, what they feel like when they leave. I want them to feel like they got good sunshine from the windows in the lake, and they laughed, and they sweat, you know, were sweaty, and they worked hard, and then they had great conversation while they were there, and they left, and they felt refreshed for their day. Yeah. So... That's awesome. Yeah. People need more positivity in there. In well, their we can all go to the gym and we can grind, right? We can all, you can always find someone that's ready to just, you know, kick your butt. But, and I do do that, but I also feel like there's a connectability piece that has to happen for people to feel comfortable. Yeah. And then so. it becomes a community. And I think that's where it really gets to be like powerful and start to, you're going to stick with a routine for a longer period if you Absolutely. enjoy it it's a positive experience you have and a community the one thing I, I never want my clients to feel is that they need to eat chicken rice and beans and we're on a calorie deficit and you need to I need to text you every day and they need to check in I want them to feel like they're creating these habits that when they leave anchor fitness because they're not going to be with me forever they're able to confidently walk into a gym and know how to pick up a set of weights they're able to go into their kitchen and make a healthy meal for their family. They're able to connect with another woman because they've learned how to do that through all these group settings that they've been in. So that's my goal, too. It's, it needs to be a lifestyle change, and it needs to be something that takes them and carries them through. So in five years from now, they can say, oh, that's right, Amy taught me how to do this, and I'm going to teach somebody else. Yeah. So I think it's it's a lot more than just, like, what what kind of pounds do we need to lose, and what do you want to look like when you're standing there naked? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. Yeah. Well, and that only gets you so far. I mean, it's something that we talk about with our staff a lot. Of Everyone has, like, like for us, everyone is coming to see us to get out of pain. 
right? Yeah. And that's fine, but it's really so much deeper than that. And they might not even realize it, but it's like, well, I my back hurts, and so then I can't go to I can't go to anchor fitness, or I can't go do whatever class I like to do. And okay, well, why is that important? Well, that's actually like your friends, and then that's like the only time that you get away from your kids for an hour, and mm-hmm. and keep going with like how much deeper like these some of the superficial goals are which are totally fine but when you really get down to like why someone's doing it then it's going to make them stick with it when you can tie it back to like remember this is yes we want to lose weight or we want to look better naked and that's awesome but why is that important to you right your quality of life your connection with your friends family it's just so much more and then the, the great thing about training women and moms is that uh, oftentimes they'll bring their kids with them or they'll say, hey, mommy can't, mommy can't hang out with you and read a book right now because I have to go to the gym. And they're setting this tone that this is how this generation is. Whereas I grew up, my parents never worked out. You know, we, that just wasn't part of our life. We took walks after dinner, yeah. um, which was great, but it just wasn't that, you know. So now it's like this is mom's time, this is dad's time, and I'm going to do my thing. And, and I think it's important that they see that. Yeah, no, so. no. That's awesome. It's like my son's four and he'll just randomly, and I'm not always sure what spurs him, but he'll be like, like the other day I was watching Sesame Street and he goes, dad, I need to go, I need to go get some exercise. I need to go do my exercise. Like, okay, buddy. So like we went and got his little like yoga mat out and he goes and does some like little stuff. And uh, yeah, but as a parent, you're like, okay, we're, we're doing something right. Yeah. I know. I'm very intrigued to see where some of these little kids that are being raised around the fitness industry. I'm just intrigued, even my own kids and especially my daughter. I'm just curious to see what she'll be like. You know, will, will she, will fitness be part of her life when she's 20 to 30 years old? You know, will it become a positive thing? Maybe it's a negative thing. You know, it's just hard to know what, what it'll do, but it can't hurt. So definitely not. Yeah. We need, yeah we, we have a problem in the country of not enough people working out. So we get to the point that we're running into problems with people working out too much. I think that'll be a good, yeah. I think that'll be a positive step. So be a new career somewhere down the road. Yes, yeah. yes, exactly. <laughs> so one of the things that I love talking to personal trainers about sometimes, and I, it's fresh in my mind because I teach a class at Marquette um, with physical therapy students and we train students. There's a there's an art that goes into designing sessions with people and how you manage time and groups and space and equipment and and just like accomplishing your goals in that time. So. I think personal trainers are often better at it sometimes than, than a lot of PTs just because you guys do it just day after day after day, client after client. So when you start looking at, like, I've got a client coming in or a small group of people, how do you go about, like, picking exercises and putting that session together? What's your process? Yeah. I mean, it's definitely time-consuming. It's a piece that I don't think a lot of people think of. I mean, there's a lot of Sunday nights where I'm sitting there on my laptop, like, let's go. I need to program for the week. Like... God, I don't know what I'm doing for my 6 a.m. clients. So, I mean, there's definitely a lot of scramble at times. Um, You're dealing, you know, I'm dealing with 30-some clients, and I'm trying to connect all of them. Some of them are coming together. Um, The cool thing about what I do in my niche of only working with women is that a lot of my women have these crazy schedules. My kid's here. My husband's there. Can I join so-and-so's session? So I do struggle sometimes because I have to make sure I'm putting correct body types together and correct fitness levels. Yeah. Um, so my my process is basically I sit down and I kind of think, okay, you know, who's who am I working with at 6 a.m.? All right, what's her body type? What's her goals? What did we do last time? So I take a lot of diligent notes on it. But 
I program in the sense that we are either breaking it up based on the amount of times they come to me. So if they're coming to me three times a week, it's great because I can do one or two leg days or I can do two upper bodies if their goal is to, hey, I want to tone up my upper body or I'm struggling, you know, holding my baby carrier and my toddler or I want to be able to take all my groceries in at once. It's like, okay, we need to hone in on some glute work, but we also need to get that upper body stronger. Or a lot of my clients have goals of um, pull-ups, so then I need to hone in on their lats and what am I doing to support the obliques and things like that. So um, I program a lot on muscle-specific workouts for them, burning out two or three muscle groups. Um, and I pick a lot of the exercises they hate, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and I think one thing I've learned as I've grown as a trainer is that pushing people it's a it's an art it's a balance of knowing when to be gentle and when to push and what and reading what kind of mood they're in that day especially with women um so i have to think about that too sometimes i program for something and they come in and they are not in the mood yeah. they've got x y and z going on in their life or their bodies here or they didn't sleep because their kid is sick and i've got to be able to adjust on the fly so I have a lot of ideas of what type of exercises I'm going to execute for all my clients through the week. And then it fluctuates based on each client. Yeah. No, I love that. And I think just the process of going through the planning, like even if you don't use the plan at all, at least the fact that you kind of like went through it, you had an idea, then it's so much easier to modify it. That's it one of, That's one of the things that I talk to our students about and I make them go through like every day. Okay, it has to be written out what we're going to do with each client. Yep. We're going to talk through it. And then they'll get really frustrated because sometimes they're like, well, I thought this guy was going to be better. And he came in and it was actually worse or something else hurt or whatever didn't go well. So now I spent all that time doing this and now it's wasted. I'm like, no, it wasn't wasted. Like you can still save that. You could use that in the future, but Definitely. you can be way better adjusting to yes. how they come in. Yeah. If you, have, if you a have a base, a baseline of what you, what your intentions are for that hour and, and you are, you're able to fluctuate from there. That's something that I think it comes with just learning and years and yeah. being confident in, in what you're doing, yeah. knowing the variations and the variables you can switch to. So, yeah. And I, I agree with you completely that, um, you know, having a niche, then it also makes it, you just can really become an expert in one thing. And that's kind of the approach that we've taken with, you know, we're very clear about who we're for and who we're not for. And we're for athletes and active fitness athletes, active adults, we're not for people that just want to walk up and down stairs or whatever. And, And it's not that they're not shouldn't get good care and I love that there's people that that's their passion that's just not what we're good at well there's enough of there's enough of you around right there's plenty of personal trainers there I have turned down a lot of people that I have basically just had to tell them you know you're you won't be as successful with me I I don't want to manage your food log I mean I'll help but it's 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 not something that I have the energy or the time to do I have 30 clients I'm focused on building muscle for them and getting them strong postnatal and getting them to build this into their lifestyle. So for me, yeah, it's the same thing. I can, if I could just have every single client that I just was there to just build big muscles on, that's my, that's my favorite client. But I also appreciate the ones that push me out of my comfort zone a little bit and make me have to like go outside my box and think differently. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Yeah, it's good. Well, let's um, dive into, you're kind of starting to go there a little bit, but dive into some kind of special populations, if you will. So you brought up like kind of pre and postnatal surrounding motherhood. 
Um, what's kind of your experience been like? What types of things are you working with with those moms as they're going through that process? Yeah, so as far as my prenatal moms, um, that has been really, truly a lot of them come in already sort of active, so I've just continued to progress them, and we base that off of how they feel. Um, there's really not a lot of restrictions until we you know, hit a certain point, and then we have to start thinking about how we're preparing the body for labor um, and for postnatal because so many women um, you know, have back issues. I'm sure you see a ton of this kind of stuff, but back issues, hip issues. They have different hormones running through their body, which are creating all this you know, lubricancy within their joints. And um, so it's educating them too, because I don't want them finishing their pregnancy. And then I've had this happen before. We're at three weeks postnatal, they're going for a jog. And I'm like, ah, stop doing that. So it's a lot of like each week, how are you feeling? Oh, sleeping's a problem. Okay, let's work on your hips. What's going on with the hips? So your right hip's numb when you sleep, what can we do? Um, so we, we still try to stay on target and on path as to what they want, but we also focus on what muscle groups can we support so that it's best postnatally and delivery. Yeah. No, I I think it's so important. I mean, um, and I get it. Like I, well, I don't get it. (laughs) I'm watching my (laughs) wife go through it though. Uh, it's just, it's a, it's just an amazing thing to watch but there's so much that changes right um and you know but it's there's so many myths out there about it and we hear it all the time too of people that'll come in in pain because they like stopped their normal fitness routine and now their back hurts it's like oh my back hurts because i'm pregnant it's like well maybe but it might also hurt just because you're like sitting and you're not you stop doing all the things that you we're doing when you felt really good. And I think, you know, for the longest time there was for pregnant women, we had Pilates, we had yoga, we had walking groups, you know what? I mean, gosh, when my son was a baby, like running was like a no, no. And, and still I don't like necessarily encourage it just due to pelvic floor support, but also like strength training wasn't really a thing for pregnant women and i think it's so great that women are learning that wow this is actually going to support me so much more than jumping on that you know treadmill for an hour um so i think that i think hopefully we can start seeing this trend of ob's encouraging strength training and even if it wasn't what they were doing prior to pregnancy starting slow with resist resistance band work or mobility work you know all the things that'll help them so No, I think that's awesome. And then after, kind of after pregnancy, then what, how do you help transition them back into the, into the gym? Like, honestly, I think we were shocked and my wife had like a crash C-section. But, you know, if somebody had an abdominal surgery in the hospital, they would see a physical therapist, they would have somebody come into the hospital room when they got discharged, they'd probably go to some type of therapy. But these moms just have sometimes these major surgeries and no, no physical therapist, no guidance, just like basically good luck. And, you know, luckily with our training, we kind of knew what to do, but for people that go through this with no real education can be really overwhelming and scary. Well, and then you add hormones into it. And, and I think also a lot of these doctors are so focused on baby at their six-week appointment or their eight-week appointment. And they're like, oh, your C-section scar looks good. You know, baby looks good. Here you go. Have fun. 
you know, you'll be fine. Yeah. And it's like, they're not, they're not fine. They're not fine emotionally. They're not fine physically. They don't understand that, you know, going into a, you know, lunge position could throw their hips off for the next two years. Yeah. <laughs> So, or going for a run now. I mean, I, I really, truly wish that our industry would say you have a baby, you go to your six to eight week checkup. And right after that, you go to a pelvic floor specialist, you learn what you need to learn there, and then you go right into a physical therapist or a trainer. Yes. I, I really, truly think that should be the process. Um, but so these women come back, um, and usually if they're my current clients, I'm messaging them at three or four weeks and giving them two or three exercises they can hone in on for the week. Here are some hip pelvic floor things, some hip movement, cat cows, just some stuff to start moving yep. your body. Um, and then if they're open to it and that's what they want, then, then I continually send them things until I see them around six to eight weeks. So I would say most of my clients come back between eight and 10 weeks, um, but they're itching to get back in earlier. And then we just start really slow. We take it super, super gentle with a lot of pelvic work um, and I follow a program that I'm working on creating myself hopefully but <laughs> I follow a program and then I usually try to connect them with the pelvic floor specials I have a few that I refer to um, and they've been great they'll come into my into my gym and, and help me there so yeah no I think that's awesome and I think it's such an underserved population and like they I mean they really need support I mean it's just a crazy time with sleep and taking care of a human <laughs> and sometimes they'll come in with their you know they usually always bring their baby which is great you know the baby was with them for nine months you might as well bring your baby with yeah um and I, a lot of times i'm holding and feeding and they're you know doing some stuff and i'm like <laughs> you know whatever yeah. I, I mean so my friends kind of laugh they're like i see you always holding babies is that what you do and i'm like i mean yeah, there's half, worse jobs. Half of my day, yeah, I do have to. I mean, but the thing is, is, this is what made them who they are. So they have to be incorporated in the process too. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. It's not forever. No, exactly. Yeah. No, that's great. Um, so let's shift gears a little bit away from moms to kind of other common things that we're going to see, which are often building muscle and or um, like, I guess, more of a body composition goal, which... Um, I'd be interested to get your take on this. I think when most people are talking body composition goals, they're they're thinking fat loss. Um, but I think I, I think it's also muscle gain would be the other way to right. change That's that. How I look at it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I was guessing it was, but um, there's a there's a lot of myths out there. Like, oh, you want to lose weight, you should just do more cardio. And how do you approach like? a new client that has a body composition goal and kind of having that conversation and explaining why that might be a component, but not necessarily the right way to approach it. Right. Right. Um, I mean, a lot of times I feel that they forget that there's a balance in anything, right? So we could just be on that cardio machine all day long and it's going to be a long process. We could just be weightlifting the whole time, and that's going to be, So it's just definitely a balance, right? Like, I feel like you need to have a little bit of both. So those clients that come in that need to lose a lot of weight, and that's their goal, it's, okay, what are we doing at home for food? What are we doing, you know, here physically? But when you have weight, as you know, your center of gravity is off, right? So your risk of falling is higher. So the first thing I hone in on is balance. Like, what's their balance like? I do a bunch of checks on them. Do, do you have a high risk of falling? And usually they do. Um, and how do we strengthen the muscles to avoid falling? How do we get ourselves to be able to do things on one leg? 
Um, so I do a lot of balance work, a lot of resistance work in combination with adding that cardio piece into it. Um, I'm, I really am starting this new process where I'm learning how to uh, train in heart rate, in different heart rate yeah. zones, and it is opening my eyes to a different uh, kind of philosophy of training. So I've been kind of playing around with a couple of my clients on really monitoring their heart rate and trying to, to keep the steady state heart rate for endurance pieces. Um, and then pumping them up into higher heart rates through strength training, heavier okay. weights. And they're like, wow, my, my heart rate is getting so high. And I just have a 50 pound weight in my hand. I'm like, isn't that funny? Yeah. So. No, no, we, uh, we do a lot of, we do all of our like conditioning programming for athletes that are going through rehabs. Cause it's something that no one thinks about often is like, oh, they're out of the game and we need to rehab the ankle, but their, their teammates are at practice two hours a day running around and doing all this. Right. So they're, if you're not getting them active for at least two hours a day, you're just setting them up to fail uh, as they go back. They're essentially out of shape. Um, and we do a lot of it based off heart, heart rate zones and recovery. And so we don't program intervals based off of, off of that. But I think it's interesting when it starts redefining like what is cardio, right? Like, right. And I'll, again, in this class that I teach, I'll like put up this, this heart rate um, kind of trace and be like, so what, what do you think I did here and they're like oh well, it must have been like sprints here this and it's right. like no I just was like had my heart rate off watch on and I was just lifting like yeah. that was my training session Doing so some squats. Yeah. yeah was that strength training or was that cardio like you know it, it's right. an interesting uh, balance and way to approach it well and a lot of people don't understand too the that the process that you go through when you lift weights and you you know break down your your you know tissues and your muscle and what it takes to repair it and then when you're repairing it, you're burning calories so it's that like afterburn that people get from lifting yeah um also i mean being on a cardio machine for 30 minutes like that's shit's boring like nobody <laughs> so wants boring. to do that and then what happens you're bored you're you're tired of it and then what You've, you quit you fail and you start all over again in three months yeah. so i think that lifting also gives you that variability because you can do so many different things you can lift heavy you can start with resistance bands you can do tempo work you can do higher reps. So, so there's so many ways to get creative that I think people don't get bored. And, and they feel good. They're like, I'm strong. I might be overweight and I might have weight to lose, but man, I just lifted X, Y, and Z and that felt really good. So, yeah. And they still get sweaty. Yes. So. No, exactly. And then you can go for a walk or jump on a bike at home. Yeah. Like, you know, that's the type of stuff that you don't necessarily need it unless you really need the accountability. You don't necessarily need to be in person with someone to follow through on some right. of that stuff. It's just, you have to go do it. It's versus... why I do so much of the strength training, obviously in my studio, but, and then it's a lot of like, Hey, when you finish, you know, your run that I put you on, or when you finish your Peloton workout, I want you to just text me, yeah. text me your stats. Let me see your heart rate on your watch, you know, text me where you're eating afterwards. So I, I feel like I'm on all the time, but I also love that people have the ability to be able to just have that little piece of accountability because yes. Not everybody has it. So. No, yeah, that little check-in. Yeah, so. definitely. No, that's great. Well, I want to dive into your training a little bit if you're if you're oh, open to talking about it. it. I'm uh, always open to talking about so it. So I think you're training for a fitness competition that looks pretty intense. So tell us a little <laughs> bit more about uh, about that and why you uh, got motivated to want to do that. Yeah, it's intense. I'm a little. Uh, I I I'm turning the corner of feeling a little nervous. I'm starting to feel a little bit more excited about it. 
um, I just needed something to do. I needed something to train for. Um, I'm realizing as well that, you know, I went my whole life of being a runner and then I was a lifter and now I'm like, what's next? I need to blend the two of my lives together. So this competition is called the High Rocks. Um, it's global, which is pretty cool. Um, and you are running eight kilometers and you have eight events. So in between each event is a kilometer run. Um, so it's really interesting because it is exactly what we've been talking about. It's that endurance piece. Like, can my body withstand taking my heart rate high and then taking it to, you know, a 0.62, you know, run and then back to a high heart rate and then back down. So, um, the training has been eye opening for me. And I have a phenomenal trainer um, who's trained somebody in it before, a couple of people in it before. And so he's been kind of my guide for it. Yeah. And he's got me on a pretty strict schedule. I do five uh, trainings a week. So I have um, one circuit day or an AMRAMP where I'm working through um, jumping on a treadmill, getting off and doing wall balls, jumping on a treadmill, pushing the sled. So a lot of intense work on that day and then I have two strength training days kind of sandwich or bookend with uh, some type of cardio piece and then I have two endurance heart rate running days okay. which is the piece of it that I'm struggling with <laughs> to be honest which is shocking to me yeah but it's been fun I love it but it's, it's intense that's awesome when when is the competition uh, so my first one is in November. Early November, I'll be in Chicago, and then I go right. to Texas after that. Nice. So That'll be fun. And maybe I'll just keep going. I don't know. There's a couple other opportunities in the United States, and then hopefully, if I place, I get to go to the UK to uh, compete, compete in the World Championships. That's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, I, uh, I showed um, Sydney, our therapist, that because she's training for a marathon right now. Um, that she's running in October and she's already said never again on that. So. Yes. It's hard on your body <laughs> yeah. to do one thing. Yes. Um, that's why I think I'm really enjoying this. Like this week has been, my training has been running, the heart rate running, and then also mobility um, and flexibility work. And I keep teasing them that we're doing yoga and then he, you know, we're not, but um, it's actually, it's, I'm learning a lot about myself this week. This is driving me insane. I realize like I like the intense workouts and this is too slow for me. Yeah. But I'm also realizing where I need it, you I know. know. I know. I hate stretching, too. I'm not a mobility. I mean, it's... I need to do more of it, probably. But, yeah, I'm the same way. I'd rather go deadlift. I'd yes. even rather go for a run. But, like, to spend 15 minutes and, like, I know I'm too busy. I don't have time. Well, and for me to run in a zone 2 heart rate, it's putting me around an 11-minute mile. Yeah. And my my gait, my natural gait and my average mile, if I just go out and I'm not trying too hard is between like 8.30 and 9. So to run, you know, a 10, 30, 11 minute mile, it is, I'm listening to sappy love songs. <laughs> I'm doing breathing mechanisms. I'm doing anything I can to try and stay in this heart rate. And it's tough. Yeah. It's really tough, but I feel like it's working. So yeah, it really to trust the process. It really does. It's amazing if you can stick to it, what you can start seeing and how fast, like eventually then you'll be able to see those times creep down with still that heart rate staying there. It's really it's really cool to it see the changes. Cool. Yeah, and it's definitely this whole training process has made me look at my clients a little differently. They keep teasing me. They're like, remember, we're not doing this, right? <laughs> like, we're not doing the same competition you are, so don't take this out on us. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm like, I won't, I promise. But, um, you know, it, it, it is making me start their, start their workouts with a little bit more mobility work and a little bit more f- flow and movement and, and then ending down with a little bit of a cool down. And I'm just changing things up a little bit. So it's yeah. been kind of fun. That's great. I mean, yeah. I think that's one of the nice things about the fitness industry in general is that it's our knowledge base and your own personal knowledge base and just as a, as a field keeps getting better and yeah. It's okay to change your mind. Well, the more I put my body through things, the more I'm able to feel it and understand how I'm recovering from it and what it's doing for me and how it spikes my, you know, metabolism that I want to eat differently. And yeah. so that's great. So I want to, you kind of mentioned it, but I know you work with a trainer and I personally think that's awesome, but I bet a lot of people would find it surprising that a personal trainer uses a personal trainer. So why why did you or why do you work with another professional and how's that relationship kind of been yeah um i work with a personal trainer because i got to a point in my day where i was squeezing in my workouts and i was struggling to get out of my space and get into a different space um to to just basically get out of the office Um, and it got to the point where I was rushing through things and I just needed to be able to walk into somewhere and have someone kick my ass and walk out the same reason people come to me. Um, so that was why I initially started and, um, my trainer, Tim, he's over at 360 fitness in Heartland and him and I have known each other for a while. Um, but he had reached out to me when I opened up my studio as a mentor. Like if you need anything, I'm here for you. I've been doing this for 17 years And I just realized, you know, more and more, like you surround yourself with people that know more than you, that becomes, you become better. And it's all about like who you surround yourself with, right? You surround yourself with great people, you're going to have greatness that comes from it. And so he has truly been like a mentor for me in my process. I have business questions. I talk to him. We spend our hour, you know, why, you know, why does it feel that way when I move my body this way? Oh, right. Duh. You know, so I'm learning a lot through him and through putting my body through things, but it truly started because I just wanted to get my butt kicked. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. Yeah. And if you're doing it in your own place, then the phone rings or then you oh. notice this, this like dust over there that 100%. you stop and go clean. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it's like a five minute rest between my sets because I'm sweeping in between. I mean, it's terrible. <laughs> yes. Or someone stops in and they're like, hey, what are you doing? I'm like, well, trying to work out, yeah. but this isn't working. Yeah, exactly. Or my workout will be two hours because I took three phone calls in the middle of yes. it and my wife will be like are you still still lifting I'm like yeah but i, I stopped and then restarted yeah. and had to warm up again because that phone call took so long so right. no i know no that's great i mean i it's the same I, I don't know why it surprises people but it's the same thing with us like i i don't know i'm a physical therapist but i'm still like like my wife is a physical therapist too i'm like my my hip hurts like please help me yes <laughs> and then she'll tell me to do stuff that i won't follow through on typically and then three weeks later I'm like it, it's still hurting like why didn't you fix it yeah she, she's like did you do what I told you to do last time no no, no I didn't You're but terrible yeah even though I know I can't fix myself I can't do these things it's nice to have another set of eyes and that accountability and just use it as a learning experience and too. not be I mean really like not be arrogant about it not be ashamed of it like yeah. I, I there's no shame in me going there I go there three no. times a week and yet it is some of the best hours of my whole week. Yeah. It is literally, I focus on myself. Um, I get to push myself. He's right there to do it with me. I learn why I'm there. We're constantly laughing. I mean, we have this great friendship. Yeah. Um, 
it's just, it's been good. It's, yeah. It's, no, that's awesome. Yeah. That's fantastic. So I, uh, I, I am glad that you have done that and that it's kind of out there and that people see that like everyone needs help and it's, it's okay to find experts. Even if you think you know what you're doing, it's still okay to go in and right. learn and, and be vulnerable and, and ask for help. So. Well, and I always tell all my clients, you know, if I'm, if I'm going to talk the talk, I need to walk the walk. So if I'm going to sit here and stand over you and shout at you and tell you that you need to do 10 more reps and suck it up, like I better be doing the same thing. Yep. And, and you can only do that to, to a point by yourself. Yep. So to have somebody else, I mean, he has pushed me past my ceiling. I, That's I've awesome. gotten to some pretty, pretty crazy places that I didn't think I'd ever get to. So yeah, that's that's great. Yeah, it's good. All right, I want to be respectful of your time. I know we're going into a weekend here, so rapid fire round. Just a couple of quick questions. You can answer as short or as long as you want, but I know you are trying to drop into. I think it was fifty gyms that yes, you're trying that's to my get goal. into. So. Uh, <laughs> How's that going? And do you have a favorite gym that you've dropped into so far? Yeah, I, I came up with this goal with a friend of mine. We were going to hit up 50 gyms to support other people and just really shout them out and learn what everybody else is doing and see what's in Milwaukee and support them. So I don't know. I think I'm at like 22 gyms or something. I got, good. I got a ways to go. I mean, I was going to do this in a year, which was a pretty aggressive goal, but that's okay. I will still get 50 gyms, but it's going to take a while. Um, some of my favorite gyms, gosh. So probably the most humbling gym that I've ever been to was Solid Core down in Milwaukee. Okay. On uh, the third ward. It, uh, I, within five minutes, I was shaking, sweating, <laughs> swearing, just miserable. Yeah. And no joke, I think my core hurt for about eight days. And it was like very, like I was in an alley fight. Yeah. Someone just kicking me in the ribs. <laughs> so that, that was a phenomenal workout. Um, very, very humbling because I thought I was in great shape and I, I wasn't there. Um, I went to a gym. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bust where it's at, but it's called Top Line Fitness. Yeah. The vibe and the energy there was phenomenal. You had people of all different ages, races, abilities, and they did almost like this football-style warm-up drill where they blew whistles and you went to the next cone and, and then you jumped on machines and everybody was high-fiving and we had sled push races. And so I had this like community vibe yeah. and the you know you pulled into the drive or into the parking lot and the beat is like you're at this nightclub. I'm like, oh, this is going to be fun. So yeah. just the energy of it and the vibe and they're from the second they messaged me to the time I left and just the connection of people was great. That's awesome. Um, so those are some of my favorite. I really, my last one that I just did not that long ago that I am in love with is um, Shannon is the owner at Iron Fit Fitness and he um, does a lot of self-defense work. And I brought him into my gym to kind of give back to some of my uh, women. But he teaches really straightforward. Here's three or four moves to get yourself in and out of a situation um, for self-defense. And I, I thought that was phenomenal. Yeah, that's so, awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Okay, stand-up paddleboard strength. Yeah. So how did that start? And what what are the sessions uh, of that like? Most people... When we say it, it's they're like, oh yeah, like stand up paddleboard yoga, and you're always like, no, it's stand up paddleboard strength. So funny story about that. When I'm out there on the boards, the water ski team is out there as well because they're usually practicing or or doing their show, and they're always like, hey, yoga ladies, and I literally yell at them every time. I'm like, well, I am not yoga. Get it right. <laughs> yeah. We're out here doing burpees and push. This is not no yoga flow. This is hardcore, and they're always laughing at me. 
Um, but so basically I started it because a friend of mine owns a paddleboard company and we randomly uh, were doing some like silly workouts on the board and she was like, God, we should do this. We do yoga. We should do a strength. Let's collab. Um, and she kind of, I had opened up Anchor Fitness and she wanted to support Anchor Fitness. Yeah. So um, we just decided to do one class and see how it went. And we did that first summer was a pop-up. So it was like three or four classes and they were filled. There were like 25 boards out there and people loved it. So then the next summer we decided to keep it as a regular thing. Um, but it's great. I go out there, I, I change it up every summer and I, I usually have a few classes I rotate through cause there's only so much you can do yeah. on a board. Um, but you pedal out there and we have a dumbbell as an anchor and you throw that off and it kind of anchors that board a little bit so you can stabilize it. A little bit easier. Um, and we do a lot of, uh, squats, burpees, push-ups different mountain climbers, core work, nice. but it's intense. I mean, some of the workouts, people look at me and they're like, you're insane. <laughs> um, doing this stuff on, you know, a moving board is, is tough, but you'd be surprised the people that can handle it. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. That, uh, that's definitely on the list of things that I want to get out no, and, uh, and get try. You guys out. We got to do it next year. We will for sure. So, all right. So then what's next for anchor fitness? Um, where do you, what's, What's on the horizon? Yeah, it's a very good question. I've been thinking about that a lot. Um, well, I just signed my lease again, so nice. I will definitely be there for another three more years, which is exciting. Um, I'm kind of playing around. I'm really looking to get somebody in to help teach classes. I'd like to be able to offer classes regularly, nonstop, um, but I need more bodies because yep. I'm only one person. So yep. I'm definitely You're kind of my stuff too. Yeah. yeah. That's my focus right now is really trying to hone in and hire somebody. I'm looking at hiring somebody to teach some yoga there and more so because I think people need a little bit more of that movement in their life um, and less intensity. So I'm looking to maybe add something like that. I want to continue my pop-ups. I love pulling people in to do. I want to get you guys in for a workshop. We'll do it. Um, I love getting people in to teach. I mean, this last year I had a hip-hop dance class. I had the self-defense. Um all sorts of stuff. So time massage. So I just like to pull people in and support other people and kind of see what's out there. So I want to continue doing that. I don't know what else. I really don't. (laughs) It is a lot. I mean, originally I am right now. I'm currently taking a pelvic floor um, course. So I do want to do more pelvic floor work and create my own postnatal guide and maybe even publish it at some point. So that's kind of a far down on yep. the road but that is kind of my far goal no that's awesome yeah and then where can people find out more about you online and follow along with what you're doing yeah so uh probably the best way to reach me is instagram i'm kind of a junkie there um but that is anchor fitness pke um for pewaukee so that's probably the best way to reach me otherwise i do have a website people can reach me there but awesome we'll, uh, we'll get both of those in the show notes so if you're listening cool. you can uh can follow along and and go to there. Thank you so much for the time and I really enjoyed catching up. Thanks for having me. All right. Thanks to everyone for listening. We'll see you guys in the next episode.